0: The Man in the High Castle premiered on November 20th, 2015 through Amazon. Let's put 62 minutes on the clock. Pilot study with Chris and Grimes They're talking all of your favorite shows But only the pilot episode That means the first show, in case you didn't know If you never know show them gonna talk the first one and that's the premise behind pilot study Hello and welcome to Pilot Study episode 6 I am your host Chris Lantin, and as always and I'm joined by the man in his own high castle It's Grimes welcome
1: Good evening sir how are you
0: I'm doing really well uh, how is your how's the beginning of your Christmas season That's that's what I want to know How is the beginning of Grimes's Christmas season You know every week you have beef with something that's that's been that's been our thing lately i feel like there's a beef i I feel like there's a beef hidden within christmas that you quite haven't discovered yet
1: well you know there's been a lot going around about political correctness and the war on christmas
0: right so i mean what was what was your reaction to the starbucks story
1: well it's a non-story i mean (laughs) the cup is red and green like what do they want a crucifix on it (laughs) like what is enough like jesus is great his name is in the name of the holiday
0: half of it has to be confederate flag colors
1: right and then the other half has to be a crucifix with santa like
0: you know you know that reminds me you would like the night before that new seth rogan movie okay so you've seen it i've seen it funny it's on I'm, on the level of his other comedies what, what's your favorite seth rogan comedy do you have one
1: well, you know, at the risk of being cliche, I do love Pineapple Express.
0: It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty um, good. And, you
1: know, Knocked Up is the first one I got really into. So that's probably one of my go-tos.
0: I remember loving, absolutely loving Pineapple Express when I saw it in the theaters. It was like one of those comedic theater experiences that you don't, yeah. that you don't forget because it's just so ridiculous. I don't know how it's aged, I think I've like caught it on cable and it hasn't quite been the same. I feel like the real test for like one of those comedies is if you can watch it on Comedy Central and it isn't terrible. Right. Because they cut everything out of it. So if the humor is not just like potty-based humor, then that's usually a good sign.
1: Yeah, and I mean there are parts of it definitely that... You know, the, the humor, you can tell it's a seven- or eight-year-old movie. There's a lot of gay jokes. Um, right. you know, being gay was really funny for a while for some reason. Right. Um, only male gayness is funny. There's no, like, lesbian jokes, really. But
0: um, um, the, the Night Before tackles that subject in a really funny way. But you should definitely oh, see okay. it if you can get out to the theater. I know you are very much against the theaters.
1: I have beef with the theater. Now I'm afraid I'm going to get shot because I live in a red
0: state you know Ah, uh, i get it okay let's talk about uh let's talk about man in yeah, high castle before we get too racial or sexist or before you say sure something. we'll get back
1: to some of those themes with this weird pilot
0: right uh so where do you want to start i'll, I'll let you pick our starting point because there's a lot to digest it's an, an yeah. hour plus length pilot And there's a lot going on here. So I'll let you pick our starting point and then we'll go from there.
1: Well, one thing I noticed right away just during the opening credits and the, um, just the vibe of how it starts is that depression, whoever is picking these pilots at Amazon must have a serious case of depression (laughs) because they are all so sad and weird. Even Heiston, which is a comedy, I mean, the kid is whacked in the head.
0: Right, so we should reference that this is kind of our Amazon pack of episodes. We right. did two that were, are up for vote right now. We did One Mississippi and we did Heiston. And those are, those are up for the pilot season vote right now that they have. So people actually get a say in this, which is kind of neat. And so the next couple episodes will be Amazon shows that made it through that process. So we're doing The Man in the High Castle, which premiered just like 10 days ago. And you can stream that whole thing over at Amazon if you're interested after this conversation. So you're just mentioning basically the the dreariness of this pilot and how it's like all mood 100% of the time. Is that what you're saying? Uh,
1: yeah. And I mean, I didn't know until I started researching this uh, for this show that this was a book. I'm not into sci-fi at all. Philip K. Dick... You know, the name rings a bell, but it means very little to me. I've never read any of his books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went into this thinking, wow, this is a really cool idea for a show. And then, yeah, obviously it's been an idea for a while. <laughs> but right, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, so no spoilers, really. The book's been out for 50 years. Um,
0: well, the pl- general plot, I guess we should break that down first. The general plot is that... The World War II was not won by America, it was won by the Axis powers, and so the Nazis owned the east half of the United States with a a block in the middle cut out and the japanese own the west half of the united states with a neutral zone in the middle so i think it was what was it cannon city was that what it was called yes in
1: colorado yeah neutral area
0: there's this place that cannon city is in the neutral zone which is in like the colorado area but like so half the time or so for part of the episode we spend some time in new york which is nazi dominated. Um, Times Square has been taken over by, you know, Nazi icons and things of that nature. And then on the West Coast, it's kind of like a different vibe on the West Coast. (laughs) Just
1: Just like like real life.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like real life. Um, The Japanese have infiltrated their culture in different ways. Like, she spends a lot of, like, the signs around town, right, have changed language. But it it doesn't seem so much like a police state on the West Coast. Right. It's much more easygoing over there, which is something that that i was kind of thinking throughout the pilot in that the nazis were considering these are supposed to be like two evils on the same team against america mm-hmm. the nazis were painted in a much darker light than the japanese
1: oh yeah definitely and you know just getting back to the nazi thing the the main character is introduced couldn't look more like a nazi let's just say that <laughs> you um, mean you
0: mean joe blake The whitest, the whitest name ever.
1: Yeah. Joe Blade blonde hair, blue eyed, Hitler youth. (laughs) So like within the first five minutes, I'm going to say I saw minimum 230 swastikas. Like they let you know right away.
0: Right.
1: Whereas even like with the Japanese, there's okay. Pearl Harbor, all that stuff aside, there's really no symbol in the world as like violent and that hits you like a swastika.
0: Yeah, they certain on on the east side and on the on the east side, on the east coast and with the Nazis they obviously have the swastika to play up and they can put that in Times Square. And I assume that's part of the reason why they have the they have the east coast and the the uh, canvas to display well, the west coast again is more easy going and I, I can see what you're saying they have the swastika so like visually it makes more sense for it to be on the east coast
1: right and then i noticed when they introduced the female character in, and who is on the west coast in the japanese controlled area first of all you hear the music, and it's not quite that, like, stereotypical, like, gong <laughs> music, it's but close, it's, like, this mellow music, and you see this white lady doing karate. Not karate. She corrects you right away to let you know it's Aikido.
0: Right, right. I will say that the guy who created the show, I was going to get into this later, but the guy who created the show is a guy named Frank Spotnitz, and he, uh, Spotnitz was a big person in the X-Files. He wrote like 44 episodes of The X-Files. He did a lot of the big ones like Piper Maru and Memento Mori are two like really important. Um, They call them mythology episodes of The Mm X-Files. And he also wrote some other like really good ones like Field Trip, which were kind of like the single shot. You know, I don't know if you know how the X-Files is structured, but they have the mythology ones and the single-shot ones. He wrote a whole bunch of each of them. Okay. And, and usually, like, when you saw his name on an episode, that usually meant, like, something good. But one thing that the X-Files shares with this show is that music. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, every time they would do, like a, like, a single-shot episode based around a culture, it would be the most stereotypical music imaginable. It was like gongs and shit like that. It was really, really bad.
1: It's good to see he hasn't progressed beyond that. In well, I mean, I'm, I'm, the su- I'm
0: sure he doesn't have, he's not like the one picking it. I'm not going to try to blame it on him. Right. That, but it's but... funny that he was involved in both projects and like it has like kind of that vibe. Um, uh, let's see. Ridley Scott's also an executive producer, which I think is important to mention early on. He, uh, of course, directed Blade Runner, which was based on another Philip K. Dick book. Um, I can't remember what the one is called it, it's, it, it changes names It's something about sheep I can't remember the full title but um, Something A Dream of Sheep But uh, of course other Philip K. Dick novels That have been turned into movies Include Minority Report, Scanner Darkly Like I said Blade Runner Adjustment Bureau, that Matt Damon one mm. uh, a whole, Really a whole bunch of Total Recall is another one So we can talk about him later on But I want to talk Quickly about our lead character, who mm. I guess it's our lead character. It's the first person we see. His name's again Joe Blake, I think is what it is. Is it, yeah, Joe Blake is his name. Who you know, is that his real name or does he have a different name? Is that just like his white American name?
1: I think that's just his white American name. It
0: was a good choice. Yeah, <laughs> I never doubted it for a second. Nope. He's uh, Joe Blake, so, so spoiler alert, our boy Joe Blake ends up being a Nazi at the end, and dun dun dun. throughout the whole part of the episode, he is played up as like this potential hero and everything like that. So the beginning of the episode, we're introduced to this guy, and like you said, he has like the blonde hair blue eyes. I keep saying he has the whitest name possible, probably because he's like an extremely bland character yes he's like one of those like blank canvas characters that is just he just looks so plain that you could then try to paste emotions onto him right you project it all I never think that works I never I always hate like the bland lead characters like I like Duchovny because he kind of looks weird
1: right it's just more interesting you know people like that
0: you know what I was thinking, and like early on when we didn't know the guy was a Nazi, and when um, they were kind of introducing the characters for the first time. You know who I was really happy to see, and I wish had a bigger role was that DJ Quals guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the really super skinny guy from all the late '90s and 2000s movies.
0: He's got again. He's got an interesting look. He would have made like a good lead character.
1: Yeah, he's had his chances in lead roles. And I mean, you know, there is a a point of um, diminishing returns on being weird looking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I suppose.
1: He might take it into overdrive, whereas like a Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace, or a Giamatti, or a, you know, if you're just fat, it's kind of okay, or if you're just (laughs) weird looking. But he's so skinny, you're like thinking something's wrong with him almost.
0: I don't know. I like him. I like. Him. I love him
1: too. He's a great actor. I, I just think that's what the rap he gets.
0: Everybody was just so bland looking in this whole episode. Nobody had like a unique characteristic. Like there, there's this show called Mr. Robot, and the guy in that show is just so unique looking and so strange looking, and his eyes are like these big bug eyes. And I don't know. It just adds like a different. It's got a different feel to it. He feels unhinged because he kind of looks unhinged. Mm -hmm. Like, this guy doesn't even look like a hero at the beginning, which is what we're really supposed to think he is, right?
1: Yeah, we're supposed to think this is our guy.
0: Yeah, so again, SpotNets learned nothing from, like, Duchovny and hiring somebody that looks kind of unique. This looks just like the... I don't know. I don't know why they picked him out of everybody that probably auditioned for this role, because, I don't know, the, the show... Doesn't the show feel big... Like they spent a lot of money on it. They auditioned a lot of people. I don't know. It feels like a big production.
1: It does. The production value is high, and it's—it's it's not that it's poorly acted. Even I mean, the dialogue, you know, it's pretty much what you would expect from like a made-for-TV movie or something. Mm-hmm. But that's you know, I don't. I just think Amazon, like, why not just make seasons of all of these and invest in them? You have the money, and then just make them good. What is with like the contest and the vote? Like Netflix just puts stuff out. Some of it's right. crap, some of it's good. Whatever sticks, they keep doing.
0: So and it feels like
1: these they're just trying to do as little pot as possible and then if it go like they'll fund one of them. You know what I'm trying to say? I guess I'm not.
0: Well, I think well, I think what you're trying to say is that if they had such it doesn't good Doesn't feel done. If they if they had <laughs> such good projects, like if they had like two or three really good shows that they could just put out like Netflix then they wouldn't have to do like the pilot season where people vote on it because they would just know they have good shows right
1: (laughs) it's cool that you can vote and it's fun and like that gets people involved because because you do have to dig for these it's not like you log into Amazon and they're in your face you have to kind of search or do a couple extra clicks which most people won't do for any reason other than saving a penny
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so it's going to be hard to get these out there anyway. Like, I had no idea this show was the one that made it from before and that it just came out. I had no clue about any of this, and it is a really good idea. Um, yeah, It's uh, an interesting, like, revisionist history thing to think what it would be like if, you know, we were all Nazis right now. It's weird.
0: You know, the, the whole revisionist history thing, that's been kind of... It feels like that's been kind of picking up steam, too. You think of, like... The biggest example is Inglorious Bastards, obviously. Yeah. And I don't know. What do you think it is about like revisionist history fiction that people attach to or that people enjoy? Like, is it just? I don't know. What do you think it is that made people enjoy like Inglorious Bastards? And people seem to be picking up on this show as well.
1: I think Inglorious Bastards people enjoyed because it's revenge. It's like what should have happened. Right. Whereas this is like, thank God it didn't happen. But as I was watching and I took note of this, I think there's a population in America right now um, that would like it if America was like this. They're going to like this show and be like, yeah, that's cool. I wish (laughs) like there were people in the show, you know, Hitler's still alive. And there's people like there's a guy from Florida who's on this game show and he's a Nazi soldier. And, yeah, like, it goes to show you that people will adapt and participate in anything. And just about, they'll be like, yeah, that's great. It's just like, you know, it was a little heavy-handed, but I drew a lot of um, parallels between a lot of things and current events and this show, as I think they're hoping people will. And that was one. Like... Everyone just loves authority. They don't care. You have poor people turning against each other just over these ideologies, and like, there's a Nazi from Florida, and there are Nazis from Florida in real life now. You know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is supposed to be science fiction. Yeah, it's mostly just nonfiction, right? (laughs) It's scary. I think they were certainly looking for people to draw some kind of comparison to the modern world for sure. Um, You know. The whole, like, him being revealed as a Nazi, I think we should kind of talk about his journey, okay. since he is the main character. So, like, th- they do drop bread crumb- breadcrumbs, but I was surprised that he ended up being bad. Were you surprised at all, or did you think? I was pick- surprised, yeah. Okay, yeah, I did not think that was going to happen. Don't no, me neither. That, that was a pretty good hide job. But then, if you go back and think about it, you know, he's handed the gun, and he's like, I've seen the movies, it's point and shoot, you know, so... The whole, like, playing like he's an amateur when Mm. he's, like, probably some kind of trained assassin. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, other things make sense. Like, when, so what happens is Joe goes to, who is kind of the leader of the resistance in New York City. He is this, um, like, a mechanic, right? Or a Mm, factory.
1: He was posing as some kind of blue-collar worker.
0: Right, right, some kind of blue-collar worker. And, he gets this little card in a movie theater and just leaves immediately, which is a terrible move. Like, if you get a slip of paper in a movie theater, you should at least wait till the movie's over, I feel like. Yes. <laughs> if, if you're trying to be secretive. <laughs> so he goes to this garage and meets up with the leader of the Resistance who asks if, he, if he's a spy. And once they've vetted him, they say that they have a job for him, which is driving this truck to the neutral zone in Cannon City. And so as they're about to leave, all these Nazis show up with automatic weapons. Of course. And Joe gets away even though it looks like there's way too many Nazis like right. And they're like killing people and the guys in the shop only have like handguns. So now it makes sense that they just kind of let him go. Right. Because before I was thinking all right. So they didn't block off both sides of the alley like they were in an alley and he somehow got away with a huge truck. <laughs> True. It it just seemed like too easy of an escape. So, I'm glad that there was some reason for that. Like they were letting him go. They were pushing kind of pushing him along to right, get out of there with whatever goods he was supposed to transfer, which ended up being this film reel. So, in the so anyways, You know this Blake character goes on this journey across a whole bunch of states, and you know the the moment that really stuck out to me is when he gets stopped by like the police officer when he has a flat tire. What did you think of that scene? Because I thought that was an important one. It was very tense.
1: Mm Hmm. Um. I was waiting for something to happen.
0: What did you What did you think of the sandwich? Well. Like What did that that say to you thematically? Because I have a very specific theory on what's going on here. Here Well,
1: I think it fits into what I was saying before about how people will, no matter what the system is or how it affects the rest of the world, as long as they're benefiting from it, they'll be pretty nice and Mm -hmm. they'll just go through their day. And this cop, I think, was just like any cop now in our messed up system. Uh, They're not all jerks. Some of them might have an extra sandwich for you, you know, from their (laughs) wife. Some of them might murder you. It just depends on the cop and the day. Right. Um, That's kind of how I took it, and I was glad, you know, how it played out. But I was expecting some kind of conflict, and it sort of didn't happen.
0: Well, I think a big, (laughs) I think a big theme in this show is that. These are like normal everyday people. Some who were even in the war, because that police officer right. was in the war, came mm-hmm. back alive, and now he's forced to put on a swastika on his uniform, have German writing on his car, and he yet he still has to do his job. Right, I think is like the the big thing I took out of that scene. So, you know, he's he's not just nice. He's he's neighborly, despite being an arm of. The Nazis now, despite being right. like the the SS of America now, which I thought was really interesting, and they do that a couple of times. You know, they do that in that scene. They do that with like, um, like the factory that uh, I can't remember his name. Frank works at the guy looks like Brad Pitt.
1: Oh yeah, yep.
0: It's just you know these everyday people who, under new leadership, kept their jobs because probably because they get paid and they make a living. And just adapted to new standards of, like, what they're supposed to do and, like, who they're supposed to arrest, I think, is a big part of this episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is, um, you know, people are submissive. Most people never think to question anything. They just want... And this this uh, show, too, hits on the theme of being a solid person, being obedient. How many times did they say get a job in this thing? Like, everyone's mission yeah. in life is supposed to just get, get a job, be part of the system, whether it's Hitler or um, whoever the Japanese leader was, or whatever it is, we're just all going to play our part and not make any trouble and get our little pension and... It's uh, very similar. There's not a ton of difference that I saw in the New York City portrayed in this. I mean, minus all the swastikas. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. What's really the difference, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I think, they try- I think they tried to, in this pilot, they tried to ground it in everyday life stuff that we could connect with, like the whole get a job thing. Like That stuff doesn't change when the Nazis have taken over your country. No, like you're still pressured to get a job and do whatever you have to do to survive and raise a family and all that and get married, you know, and all that kind of stuff.
1: So, it humanizes Nazism, and that's something that Americans love watching stuff about Hitler and Nazis. They're like the whole History Channel is just nothing but Nazi stuff, right? And so this show, it makes sense; it would be gaining popularity because as much as we hate them and they're this ultimate evil kind of thing—it's very popular source material for many things, and it, it always will be. It's just you can't believe people who did these evil things are actually human.
0: Mm-hmm. And the revisionist history in this case is so different than what you see, what you saw in *Inglorious Bastards*. Right, where, it's the opposite. Where Hitler was pumped full of holes, instead in this one he has lived a long life. He has Parkinson's. He's going to die of that cause. At some point. And the, the big thing in this episode is that once Hitler dies, there's someone more evil behind him.
1: Right. worse people that want more war and more <laughs> destruction. And
0: they, they made Hitler out to be a good guy in this pilot episode. Because they're like, oh, once Hitler dies, then all hell's going to break loose in America. Because a- another big thing in this pilot is that once he dies, Germany's going to attempt to take the rest of the country. And which
1: means essentially the rest of the world because they'll beat Japan, which is their, you know.
0: Their rival at that point, yeah. You're looking at a
1: Nazi-run Earth.
0: Right. They're trying to take over the, the Japanese left half of the United States. Mm. But only once Hitler's out. Like, Hitler is the peacemaker, apparently, right. in this. And I, it w- was it Mendel that's behind him? I believe. Yeah, there's a couple
1: names that, you know, like Rommel, Goebbels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's
0: there's a few names that are meant to be recognizable. Right. So, you know, after we get through the Joe Blake storyline, we move to, uh, what's her name? Juliana. Juliana Crane is her name. And who I thought was the best actress or actor in the entire pilot.
1: She was the most believable.
0: She was the most believable. I think she has the most, her character has the most potential. There mm-hmm. there there were some things that kind of caught me like off guard a little bit like the fact that she has no interest in like any kind of upheaval really or anything of that nature and then the next day she's packing her bags and going to the neutral zone. I thought right. the, the turn is really really fast.
1: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of people who um are the first to tweet during tragedies. <laughs> oh god apparently see dude like i said i was digging deep in this pilot because number one uh, the the first half of the show i hated i was like this show sucks i don't want to even finish this pilot let alone would i ever watch another one
0: what what did you hate about the first half what what changed for you
1: i don't i just was bombarded with like the nazi symbolism i felt like all the stuff was so heavy-handed like they got to establish all the pilot stereotypes right away like Make sure we, uh, by the time the opening credits had gone by, you knew that Nazis ran the world, and it was this um, post-apocalyptic dystopia, mm-hmm. and I just felt like there was, like, all this pro-gun stuff, or else these Nazis will come and get you. So it wasn't just liberal or just conservative, like, stuff. It, I just noticed a lot of things, and I think maybe I was reading into it, but...
0: Um, just I'll, couldn't
1: take it. I thought the first half sucked. I was like, I do not want to root for this Captain America white super. <laughs> and I'm, I was kind of glad he turned it out to be bad because then you know maybe he'll die.
0: Maybe <laughs> I, I I think if if I watch further, I think he's eventually turned by the the beautiful woman. Maybe. You know,
1: yeah, just like everything. Yeah, that yeah, would yeah. make sense. And then of course they'll get together and have great looking kids who. Become there's, JFK or something. There's
0: going to be some kind of romantic story because, in leaving immediately to go to the neutral zone, our our girl Juliana leaves her poor boyfriend, who then gets taken by the Nazis <laughs> yeah, to, for torture. <laughs> I'm, I, I hope I hope she feels great about her choice because poor Frank is getting <laughs> his abs beat in by baseball bats right now.
1: And all he wanted to do was comply with the Nazis. That's just right. Just like everyone else, he was like ready to go to the or the Japanese. I mean, I guess well, not the Nazis. Also,
0: he's also Jewish, so that's not good. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> not good at all. Well, you know, another thing about like the good people aspect, or like the people in public positions who kind of had to switch to the Nazi way. You know, like her like karate class or whatever the heck <laughs> class it was. I can't remember the name. Kido. She yes. She makes a point to say that the people in her class—they're the good ones. Like so that in this in this conquering in this occupation, right? Good people have come over as well, just to settle.
1: Well, yes. First, before right after she she leaves karate, she goes home to her blatantly racist mother, <laughs> who uses the word "Jap." Excuse that. Um, this is a quote from a show. Right. Uses that word. I guess that's the. Verbal, since there's no Japanese swastika, they have to say that word over and over again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there appears to be some sort of nice guy stepdad in the background be like, Oh, shucks, you shouldn't say that.
0: And he's then the he's, gonna, he's like, gonna be shot by an automatic weapon by episode three. <laughs> and then the daughter, the mom's like, Your father
1: would be rolling over his grave if he knew you were paying Japs to take karate practice. And then, like, <laughs> It's just so over the top.
0: I want an episode just about those parents, where the mother keeps bringing up the real dad. Like
1: during sex, <laughs> she's like, "My husband would be rolling over his grave if he knew I was having sex with a Jap sympathizer."
0: <laughs> uh, also, another funny part about that whole thing is the person in her, like, uh, what is it again? What's the karate? A- aikido. Aikido. Her in her aikido class. He, she's like, oh, I have a boyfriend. He's like, oh, do you want to go off for tea? <laughs> yeah,
1: he keeps showing up. Three, four times this guy comes by for tea, and he, it's like, look, guy.
0: That guy's, ob- not- that guy's yeah. obviously a spy, because basically everyone in this, if we believed like their actions, everybody in this show is a spy, because they're always looking over their shoulder.
1: Yeah, there's all these ulterior motives, and now because of the nature of the show, you have to be sort of suspicious of everyone.
0: Right, well, oh. no, nobody in the show is good at sneaking. Right. Because, like, they're always, like, they do something really slow, and then they'll look over their shoulder, you know, preferably at either Japanese or Nazi officers. Right, like the guys <laughs> at the train
1: station with the yes. Japanese officers there. He keeps looking, I'm like, God, what are you, buying a bag of heroin or what? Just, like, talk.
0: Turn around, go to wherever you're going, and get out of there. No Very
1: wonder, weirdly. No, no wonder
0: that guy was caught and probably murdered at the end of the episode.
1: So, there were a, a body count of this episode. I meant to keep track, but it's definitely in the double digits. Oh,
0: well, we had the two at the garage. Those those two guys are definitely dead. One was just beaten to death. Um, we had the guy at the train station. We had the sister. We had... You know
1: Frank's dead, that guy. He's oh, keeping him alive.
0: Well, who knows? He He seems like a regular in the show, so maybe he makes it out some way. But And he also looks like Brad Pitt, so I hope he does. I want to keep making those comparisons. And like (laughs) at least five other people at that opening garage shop thing, they were just gunned down, if you remember.
1: Yeah, there were just some guys apparently working in the back who decided to come out and just die.
0: (laughs) That That was their role in this show. They didn't run it all. They're like, oh, well, I guess this is the day.
1: I mean, Amazon is a what I'm going to suppose is one of the top ten richest corporations on the planet. Can they not get actors or...
0: I don't know. Would you. Like, because even, like, the big bad Nazi guy, he is. He's good, but he's just the bad guy from A, a Night's Tale who hasn't really gotten any work after that. Or,
1: like, I, I recognized a few of these people, but I can't name a single person in this thing.
0: Well, like, I, I'm down with having some unknowns. And in, that's fine. Yeah, in, I don't know
1: every actor.
0: In, I, I like having unknowns in, like, the main roles because then you can really like um apply certain characteristics to them and it's not like oh that's george clooney so right. obviously he couldn't be a nazi spy right, right. it is i think that's a good thing like you know since we were on the x-files thing like Duchovny and anderson they were basically blank slates when they came into the x-files and i think that's a part of the reason why i was a success same thing with like You know, John Hamm and Elizabeth Moss. or Like, Cranston had a little bit going on, but people had kind of forgotten that he was the Malcolm in the Middle dad.
1: And it was such a departure from that
0: character. Right.
1: It was like seeing Ross from Friends be like a mass murderer.
0: (laughs) Like, every time I see, like, Timothy Oliphant in a show, because he's been in Deadwood and um, Justified, I automatically think that he has, like, a Colt revolver in his pocket ready to get it out at any time.
1: I would like some proof that Timothy Oliphant and Josh Duhamel are different people.
0: <laughs> oh my god, they look—they really do look similar. I mean, similar. those
1: two guys are the most interchangeable people. Uh, no offense to either one of them. They're both great actors. They've done <laughs> cool stuff. Like, but seriously, change those guys out and tell me you can tell the difference. If you,
0: if you had swapped Oliphant in for like a couple of Transformers 3 scenes, nobody would have been able to tell. No <laughs> you know all the fans had a much better career than what is it Dumal yeah, like version He's like yeah, he's like the b-list version, which I love just um, one of them got
1: to Hollywood first. it was a matter of you know
0: right I would I would like to see like some better character actors around them, you know like I think like if you look at like the way like a boardwalk Empire's cast was constructed. Like, they were always bringing in, like, really solid character actors to kind of just sit around um, Buscemi. And, of course, Buscemi, that's another example of, like, somebody coming in with previous baggage. And it probably took a while for people to take him... I guess I don't know the tone of the show, but I assume it's serious. Yeah,
1: and not traditional leading man looks either.
0: No, no, which I think that, that does work as well. You know, like, they brought in, like, Michael K. Williams and people like that, and I think that helps. So... I'm hoping that eventually they'll, this show will get a higher profile and they can bring in some, some known commodities. Right. Even like True Detective, they have like some good known commodities around, like in season two, they had some good people around, um, that threesome that they had there in the middle. Also, that show was terrible, in case you didn't see it.
1: You know, I did see it, and not to get too far off here, we're, we're at 34 minutes. So we have plenty of time. Yeah. But, um,
0: so you, Why you, you watch the whole thing?
1: I I seem to like a lot of things that people think suck, and I does that mean I suck? Is it because I'm <laughs> old? Like I okay, is True Detective season two the greatest piece of entertainment ever produced? No, but
0: it's better than I a, I'll, I'll give, it, like, I'll give it, it this. It's better than a lot of other TV that's on. Like it had such high expectations. I feel like.
1: And last night, this is a prime example. Okay, we went out to this lame event. The event was lame not because of that it was just whatever it was cold and it was outside and we were tired anyway we get home we're so lazy we're literally too lazy to change the tv that happened to be on cbs and i watched about
0: no, half no. an episode
1: of ncis no and dude like i know and i'm not this is not one of the lame things no. that i like don't get scared dude, you? it was so bad
0: you fell into the cbs hole
1: I fell in because we were watching college football, so the TV was already on CBS. And we don't have cable, so we get like two channels over the air CBS and Fox. Great choices. We, get to
0: come, we have to come up with an official term of what happens when you're just watching something else, and then you just fall into like the CBS crevasse of terribleness.
1: And the one thing I remembered from last night, which ties in perfectly to this show, actually, funnily enough, is that the theme of the show was like a a black guy um, died in Vietnam and his black son went to this white cop to get help finding his dog tags (laughs) because (laughs) apparently, I don't know, I was in the military and I didn't ever think about my dog tags. But apparently to this kid, it was very important for the plot of this show.
0: How did the race things play into effect?
1: Well, fun, wouldn't you know it, back in the war, this black guy who had died was friends with a white guy, and the white guy wanted to know that he wanted the young black child to know that his father's life mattered, but all lives also. No, he did, said, he did not say that. They literally <laughs> We all matter.
0: No, they did uh, not say he's that. Like, his
1: life mattered, and we all
0: matter. That's, like, the thing that evil people say about Light tragedies.
1: Like saying it to this little black kid who's like, dad was dead oh, in a war.
0: I can't. The fact that they put that that line in there, and I'm, these things are produced, like, rapid fire, aren't they? So they're, like, pulled straight from the headlines. Yeah,
1: there's, like, 30 NCISs now. I thought CSI, NCIS, there's, like, 15 versions of all these shows with, like, the same six oh. actors in it.
0: The NCIS, that isn't the one with Chris O'Donnell, does it?
1: No, that's oh. him and LL Cool J are in one of the other ones, I think. Okay. Oh,
0: NCIS Los Angeles. They're in LA.
1: I knew, yeah, because I saw a billboard for it out there, actually. But hmm. And it just goes to show you, like, the media. And, you know, you and I, not to mention doing this podcast and our other pursuits. We both do have master's degrees, basically, in television watching. <laughs> so... <laughs> We've watched enough TV to know that the media is in 98% of homes and it is absolutely a tool to get messages out for good and bad liberal conservative whatever you want to hear it's out there for you to hear
0: Nazism
1: Nazism is, is
0: is that the actual what's like the descriptor for something that's Nazi I think they go by
1: white supremacist now. That's the politically <laughs> correct term for Nazi. <laughs> okay, you don't want to offend their safe space. Right, but. right.
0: I, I, do, I want to bring something up before we go too deep here. Well, yeah, go for it. So Get me out of this rant hole. Is there a debate to what actually happened in the world? Because the big thing in this movie, or in this show, and where the show gets its title from, is the fact that The Man in the High Castle is either a group or a person that is distributing these film reels that mm-hmm. shows America winning the war. And in the book, they're distributing a book. Right. So that that's like the, the... I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of plot differences, but that's the one difference I pulled away from it, is just a different mode of delivery. So I guess my question is, and I guess we can talk about this more with the Philip K. Dick stuff, since he is very, like, it's a big ideas, grand execution type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there a debate to what actually happened, or is that propaganda? Like, how would you not know who won the war? I don't quite understand what they're going for here.
1: Yeah, I. it's tricky because it was a different time in the world, so people were... A lot of these people had like lived through that stuff
0: and if and if, if we war, if we won the war, how did they invade
1: yeah, unless you know Roosevelt was in on it, or those people in our government I mean I think the debate they want you to think that the resistance is fighting mm-hmm. because in real life
0: we did win they, the war
1: we did win, and there's some kind of reason that they're keeping us in like Nazi and japanese controlled whatever.
0: Okay, so you think the American government is part of it, and... In
1: the theory of of the resistance, yes. I think that's what they believe. Do I believe that? I don't know. I think that's part of the fun journey of this, is to figure that out.
0: I did a quick Wikipedia scan of this book, just to kind of see... I'm on the page right now. (laughs) Okay, so the Roosevelt thing is that he got, like, supposedly he got assassinated, and America was weakened by that, correct?
1: Right. And so the new government didn't want to get involved in World War II, so we lost. We just got taken up. Like, there was no one stopping Nazis from evading America, so they did. Hmm. And then them and the Japanese just agreed, like, okay, we'll split America down the middle, basically, and just kind of agree to disagree. Because the Japanese, like you said in the show, are very much like, can't we just peacefully... Like we've had enough war. It is what it is now in the world. Let's just leave it how it is and see how it plays out. Whereas like you said the Germans, they're like, "Nah, we're just going to keep rolling through."
0: Do you think there's um do you think there's an SNL still in this world? <laughs> <laughs> do well, you think do you think it's any less edgy? Could it could it get any less edgy?
1: It would just be like a Hitler mouthpiece how it is for Hillary Clinton now.
0: <laughs> That's good. I knew you'd have something to say about that. Um, so, Although
1: I am still boycotting SNL. As you know, I have not watched one yet this year.
0: I watched some clips from the Ryan Gosling stuff. A couple good sketches.
1: Oh, he was on there last night?
0: Gosling breaks like crazy, though. I don't know why. Okay, Because he sucks and
1: he's only handsome. He has no talent.
0: Don't. Don't. <laughs> don't you Could fucking that be say why? <laughs> that. Don't you say that. Gosling's There's a more saint. He's acting ability. He's a saint and you know it. He's, he's okay. Have you seen Drive no that's probably thought. his only good movie <laughs> he's he's pretty good in it um so what do you think the accident is that what kind of accident do you think she got in do you think she just tripped and fell and embarrassed herself or what he
1: knows i mean the, the way this thing is it was probably i'm guessing a bus accident wasn't there a reference to like her being on a bus again or
0: yeah well, yeah it i don't understand a bus crash or something
1: yeah maybe she was in a bus wreck hmm no she, not sure it doesn't say
0: that's very strange um,
1: She's back on the bus to Colorado.
0: Yeah, which again they made a big time point of, or they made a big point to point out that there were just a bunch of African Americans on the bus. I didn't quite understand what they were trying to get at there. I
1: think they were pointing out that she was pretty obviously standing out, and that maybe she should be careful.
0: Maybe they meant her accent is standing out because she couldn't hide her accent through the whole episode. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she's very clearly not american whatsoever right, yeah. um you know i was thinking we need a couple cold-blooded cold-blooded americans in this show what do you think do you think i'm just being uh america-centric or what
1: well like, I like every said, every, every actors are almost irrelevant because right? it is a book and i mean not i don't know any spoilers i'm not gonna read i i think i might read this book because like i said the idea is cool but like, you know, having the blank slate there, I like to see famous people because that's why, you know, I've watched whole shows based on just because who's in it. I might not even love the show that much. But um, I think it's good. Who You're right. Like having a blank slate is better.
0: So this is another thing I wanted to bring up is the at one point they said the Japanese only want Americana, retro American stuff. That was when the the Frank guy, who apparently works in, like, a jewelry shop or something, submitted these new designs, which very much just look like a picture of a woman. Mm-hmm. But apparently, he had new designs or something. And apparently, the the new people that were coming into America only wanted retro America. And that kind of got me thinking, like, if it did happen today, I think that, yeah, like, the really popular things would be, like, reruns of Seinfeld and Everybody Loves Raymond.
1: You mean if we were taken over and just chilling?
0: Yeah. Like what do you think would happen to like cultural achievements? Like, do you think we'd still be like in the golden age of television or do you think? No. Like, I'm going to say like Russia takes us over because I assume that would be the country. Like, would they just be really into like old reruns of shows and would that be on at seven on Friday night?
1: Yeah. Just like now. I, I think again, very little would be different. Um, You know, not to say we live like Obama's a Nazi. That's like, I wanted to be very wary of Godwin's Law, which is like the internet rule that eventually whatever you're talking about, Nazis and or Hitler will be brought up. (laughs) Right. Um, But, and I don't want to draw those. I don't think they're trying to make those comparisons with the show to say that our whole government is like that. They might be taking a few jabs here and there. But... um,
0: Well, like even, they even say that the Westerns that the Fuhrer watches. So the fear is watching these old classic Westerns. Right. I just feel like like culture itself and like cultural production and advancement would stop. It would if we were taken over and it would just kind of go into this cycle because all these people that would be coming in, all this stuff would be new to them. Like I believe there was a documentary a few years ago about when they released Everybody Loves Raymond in Russia
1: yeah there was as in how huge it was and everything
0: right right and so like the series kind of started all over again so if we did have all these newcomers into the country and they were like oh well we're going to just start putting seinfeld on at prime time on tuesday (laughs) just kind of like start it all over again we would just be stuck in that big loop and there really would be like nothing new to watch obviously that's a small issue but for us it would be a huge issue. for me and you, it would really suck,
1: like what would we do?
0: What, uh, what would pilot study be about?:
1: It would just be about old ass pilots well <laughs> like, I, I guess
0: I guess we have like five hundred episodes until we run out of material, so
1: but yeah, I know what you're saying. I think you know it would be surprising how little would be different for the average person. I think people get so worked up um especially about politics. But, you know, it's always whoever's in charge's fault. You know, they were joking about DJ Qualls, your boy, was making a ton of Hitler jokes. There were people who obviously, like, weren't stoked on the fact that they were Nazis, but they just kind of were making the best of it, sort of, in this American way, mm-hmm. Um, is how I took that. So, yeah, little, you know, Seinfeld comes back now because with the Internet, everything's new. So you have all these, like... 19 year olds who are just now getting Seinfeld in the office and Frasier. even there's a podcast with Kevin Smith um, and Matt Mira from oh. Nerdist and they oh. just talk about like Frazier
0: oh I didn't know that 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 <laughs> podcast actually started I thought it was just like yeah, a running joke done, that they talked about but it, oh, Kev, it's, it's, it's Kevin Smith too
1: uh, I think yeah I'm pretty sure he does it oh. or he's been on one or two of them because his name was on there
0: I don't. I don't like Fraser. Do you like Frasier?
1: Um, I I put it on when I'm trying to go to sleep. I don't.
0: It's not, <laughs> not a good it. sign.
1: I think it's good because it's like <laughs> vaguely British kind of comedy, and it's like stuff I don't have to think about or listen to. It just puts me out.
0: So. So no,
1: I don't like it, but it's ambient.
0: I'm gonna keep pushing on here because... Okay,
1: sorry, yeah, we're getting way off, but no,
0: well we got plenty what what do we got for time? we're at forty
1: eight so we still have twelve whole minutes.
0: Oh pff, we'll be we'll be just fine you know one one thing I really had trouble with was the music. I thought that was really uninspiring. I thought there could have been like like the intro music, for example, it's really awesome, it's like creepy, and yeah. you, you've got like the melding of languages, you know. It's just like this weird fairy tale type of music. And it's I, almost I, like a
1: video game intro.
0: Right. I actually really like the intro quite a bit because it's, it's it says kind of everything you need to say about the show. And then I think the exposition, well, personally, I think the exposition is dumped like kind of sporadically throughout the episode. So it's nicer that way. It's not like there there's not like a, a scroll at the beginning of the episode or right. like a, a voice over that says like... You know, America wants
1: <laughs> to the Nazis
0: and the Japs. Right, yeah. Sorry, I
1: hate to use that word like it's not offensive. I know it is. It's just the way they threw it around in here. Like, it's just on my mind. <laughs> uh,
0: but they would definitely have used it in that voiceover, so you're totally clear. Uh, I'm glad that they didn't do that, though, and that they just kind of, like, mentioned things. Like, like they mentioned the Virginia Beach thing. The Virginia yeah, that Beach was so. kind of cool. I, I like to know the like the little details on how it happened. That's why I that's why I kinda grew like away from the Walking Dead. Because first off the characters are all terrible and the worst. But second off, because they never like they 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 don't really seem to care about like oh let's do a flashback here or there to see how it started. Like I don't know, I right. like I like that stuff. I like that when you cool kinda when you kinda mix those Yeah, and lost as well. That was really that was really neat there. So I'm glad that they broke the exposition up like that, but I guess getting back to the music, once it got into the actual episode, it turned to like the standard drama tension building type of tunes. It wasn't like they completely went away from like the creepy the creepiness of the intro, I guess.
1: Yeah, it was no longer creepy. It was, it was just more dramatic. It was, yeah. it was just
0: standard, I don't know. I don't really know how what other way to put it. It was just boring and for a show that's like revisionist history and kind of batshit crazy in its concept. it doesn't really make any sense to have your music just be the most boring like i don't know that that could be the music of i'm trying to think of a really boring drama homeland i guess it's not a boring drama but their music doesn't really stand out so that that would be my thing on the music. Did you have any other notes that we didn't hit on? I'm just trying to go through my notes and make sure I, I yeah, nail Yeah, I'm reading over
1: mine, too. We definitely hit the racist mom, the nice stepdad, the sister was killed in the street, which then sparked Juliana's activism. She took her sister's name, right. who was the original activist.
0: I would say that the worst example of not being like being overly suspicious is when she calls him, calls Frank, and there's, like, this really long pause of, like, staring at the officer before he answers the phone. Yeah, it rang, like,
1: <laughs> 20 times. Are you going to answer that? And he's like, like, why wouldn't he say, nah oh, the machine will get it? I guess because it's 1962, there's no machine.
0: Are but... you going to answer that? Uh, if you don't mind. And then, like, he picks it up real slow and looks then at it the Then it rings guy. again, though, like, many <laughs> times. Like, five, six times it rings. This is what I would have done. Not a big deal, but I'm just saying how I would have survived. I would have picked it up, second ring, said a couple things, hung it up. There's no caller i d or anything they can't track that right. shit, yeah,
1: I mean think country. no wrong number, sorry, Rick, gotta go, <laughs> like you know, what do you what's what's the problem
0: uh, i I'm, I'm just saying that we could have survived a lot longer than most of the idiots on this show,
1: but maybe the phones were tapped, I mean, who knows mm-hmm. there's all these details again, was that a thing though? did they have the tech well, Nixon had I, the
0: I th- think <laughs> yeah, he did, definitely, <laughs> same decade. Nixon would have fit in perfectly in this regime.
1: Yeah, he would have plotted. I mean, many current politicians would side with the Nazis. I mean, look at all the ones who wrote that letter that were just like, "Listen, Iran guy, like no matter what Obama says, we don't care." Like those are the same people that be like, "Yeah, great, no more America, awesome." Like get Obama out of here.
0: Don't you mean no Obama? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, we we we, we both we both like Obama, right? I mean, and, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a that's a rabbit hole we don't want to go down quite yet.
1: It doesn't help or hurt this pilot.
0: No, no. Uh, so I'm gonna go over a couple of the characters real quick, just so we make sure we hit them. The the one I really wanted to hit on is there was the Nazi guy, like the main one on IMDb. His name is John Smith. <laughs> like uh, this, he has like this big long German title in front of it, but. His actual name is apparently John Smith. Weird. <laughs> which I don't quite understand. But that that guy's name is Rufus uh, Sowell. And I I knew him from a bunch of stuff, but he's mostly known from A Knight's Tale. He's the bad guy. Okay. And uh, Joe Blake, he hasn't really been in much. Frank Fisk has been in a few things. Juliana Crane was in the clash of the titans one the one with the kraken or whatever oh, the
1: awesome remake
0: yeah the awesome i guess the we could use that played, word. oh sorry no go ahead
1: uh the stepdad played jay leno in a movie called um the La- late shift
0: oh the late shift i was gonna say late night wars but is that what it's called
1: it's about the late night wars but yeah huh. i believe the film the hbo made for hbo movie is uh the late shift i think
0: interesting hmm. so there you go leno where would you want I mean all the episodes are out there so people can go and check it out and see where it's going. But mm-hmm. where where what improvements would you hope to see where would you want this show to go? Well um I don't I don't know. Or who who I, would they, you, who would you want the focus to be on? Like I don't know. I want the
1: focus more on the Nazi stuff. I don't know. I guess it's just from it being beaten in my throat. And my whole life, like, it's just, you know, you grow up in America, you hear about this Hitler and World War II, and it's all Hitler runs the internet, him and kittens seem to be the only thing anyone (laughs) wants to talk about online anymore. And with this show, for me, there's nothing really special for me to stay. And there's no nothing bad or offensive for me to go like it just exists. And I think I might might be something I watch like a Frasier, you know, just to put it on and see what's up and go to bed.
0: The show reminded me of... I don't know if you remember the name of it, but... I'm trying to think of the name myself, but it was a show on TNT. And it was like executive producer Steven Spielberg, so I had a big name behind it. And it was about aliens. And it had Noah Hawley from ER on it.
1: Um, oh,
0: What is that show called? Wait, we're going to have to go to IMDb.
1: Yeah, you got to figure that out, because I remember... The ads where he was gonna be—he was like the second fiddle to Clooney on ER, right?
0: Right. Okay. It's not Noah Hawley. That must not be his name. Hold on.
1: Noah Wiley. Oh,
0: Noah Wiley—that's his name. Okay. Noah Wiley. Yeah, W. Y. L. E. So he was in a show called. Oh, geez, where is it? Now we're just really assholes. I That's our right. I can't find it. Not ER. Oh, it's called Falling Skies. Okay. And it's it's it ran from like twenty. 11 to 2015 it might still be running i don't know but it had this really great concept like this big war with aliens it was the resistance right they're fighting back against the aliens and by like episode six i was just out i was like this is too dumb the acting is too cringeworthy like no no great concept can save terrible acting and just like no foresight with how the show should proceed
1: I agree. No no great concept can save terrible acting or sustain an entire TV show. No, there no. are movies where the acting is bad, but you're watching it for the effects or um, you know, just because it's and, a popcorn movie.
0: Right, and that's a movie, and that lasts right. an hour and thirty minutes. Like a TV show now is like a thirteen hour commitment.
1: This was an hour just, you know, that we spent on our lives plus another hour talking about a show i thought sucked like you know 2 hours of our
0: life is now gone let's just take let's just take a look at our lives right now and what right. we're doing with them i
1: mean we're doing this for the greater good but <laughs> right. not everybody is so lucky
0: i'm not i'm not going to do so much as to push people away from this show because i think it's fine and i think it's serviceable but i'm just going to say that bad acting does not save a, a concept as great as this is, and as crazy as you could go with it, it just can't save subpar acting and bad casting. That's what I'll say. I would have to agree because the Joe Blake character is not good casting. He's not unique at all. He's the same guy you see cast in every, you know, crap movie about a teenage book or whatever. Right. You know, I like the the one that's sticking out to me is like I am Number Four. Like, that was, like, the most forgettable teen adaptation ever. That's, like, the kind of casting we're dealing with here.
1: He reminds me of the kid from Breaking Bad, the Nazi kid who was, like, who shot the kid in the desert when he shouldn't have. Oh, oh that's Todd? What- yeah,
0: I, I would love for Todd to be in this. episode. Todd He's would have great.
1: been better at this, but that's who he reminded me of. He
0: would have been a great. He would have been a casting coup for them because he can play evil. He can play good old American boy. You, know? you wouldn't oh. know if
1: he was a Nazi, just like in that show. It wasn't obvious that he was a Nazi. He was just a weirdo.
0: He'd. But he would have been so good. The other, I guess, the other thing I want to say is that stick around for the Crane, Juliana Crane character because she is. Just like the way she's able to use her face and emote through her face and her eyes. I don't know. Everything about her appeals to me and just her acting <laughs> style. She's very minimal. And I think, and I mean that in a good way. Sometimes that can be like, you just don't know. Actors just don't know what to do, so they don't do anything. Right. I think she's really impressive. But imagine this show with Todd and Elizabeth Moss.
1: Right. Real actors. It would be No ama- offense. No it'd, offense.
0: It'd be amazing. <laughs> Well,
1: we're at 58 minutes.
0: We got four minutes left.
1: Oh, we do? Okay.
0: Yeah, it's 62 minutes. You weren't listening, dog. Oh,
1: this beast was 62. I I thought it was only 60. But I think just like um, this and another Amazon pilot we did, which was One Mississippi starring Tig D'Ataro. Excuse me. Awesome concept. Um, Great source material. But probably better as a movie. I mean, maybe Amazon needs to forget TV and leave that to Netflix with their little House of Cards and all that garbage.
0: This would be a good movie.
1: And just bust out another Philip. I mean, like or like or something. like
0: a or like a a two parter or something.
1: A two parter, a something different. You know, people are as much as the internet has helped new media and all these streaming shows and bachelors binging. I love it all, but. They're still sticking to this model where a TV season is 13 episodes or TV is this and movies are that like we need to get beyond if anything is going to get better and Hollywood is going to stop sucking. We need to get beyond like half advancing like, well, we're going to now let people make whatever they want, but it's still going to be X, Y, Z episode and have these themes and you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they need to let this was too controlled of an adaptation for me. It needs to be a little freer,
0: right? It's no, pretty boring I, yeah.
1: for a good story and a cool idea. It's I like agree I G-G-13. agree with that.
0: And like it's PG-13 and they try to drop a couple f-bombs and they try to shoot people, but it wasn't like hyper violent enough for that to be its identity and right. it wasn't like filthy enough for it to be like a true adult drama. It's like an f-bomb for like 13-year-old kids could watch it and like their parents wouldn't catch it.
1: Right, right. It just it felt, uh, you know, pretty watered down.
0: And I'll finish on the Philip K. Dick note because we were going to talk a little more about him. Like I said, Blade Runner, Minority Report, Total Recall. This is an author that's been often adapted and highly protected because of his place in sci-fi writing. So I think whenever his name is mentioned and his literature is being transferred to the screen in one way or another, there are a lot of people who are watching it very closely because he is a very protected author. And, you know... Like for Minority Report, for example, they took that they took that that book and they ramped up the action. That's how they kind of filled out the running time of that. And you know, another another interesting one I uh, kind of happened across was A Scanner Darkly, which is a movie I kind of forgot. Directed I by love Link. That movie. Do you do you like that movie?
1: I loved it, man. Linklater, Keanu, I'm about
0: it. See, that's not
1: uh, Downey Jr. was in it.
0: Right, right. That's the one I always thought was like critically hated, but then you know, as I kind of dug into it. A lot of people call it very faithful, a very faithful adaptation, and maybe the most faithful Philip uh, K. Dick adaptation. So, or adaptation, excuse me. So, if you're looking for one to watch to kind of get the vibe of him as an author, I think that would be a good one to watch. And personally, I, I went, I put like the complete collection of his work on my Amazon wish list after watching this. So yeah, like, I'm gonna get into it.
1: I think like. Um... I would read this book because mm-hmm. the story is intriguing to me, and I'm interested in this kind of stuff. <coughs> Excuse me, but um, yeah, I just think it'd be better as a movie.
0: So I think I think we're about out of time now. Um, yeah,
1: we're we've we got to wrap her up.
0: Let's do let's do our plugs, the uh, Pilot Study Pod on Twitter. So be sure to follow us. This is the first episode we've recorded after we actually went live. We, we put a lot in the can before we uh, started actually putting episodes out there. So, Stacking pods. Yeah. So, I mean, by the time you listen to this, of course, we'll be on episode six. And subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search Pilot Study Podcast on iTunes. Um, of course, we're housed over at modern vinyl.com and there's a post with every episode so if you want to follow that way you can follow them on twitter at modern vinyl and uh, if you have any questions for us or want to submit a show or anything like that reach out to us on twitter or through our email which is pilotstudypod at com. what kind of plugs do you got for us grimes
1: well just like you mentioned we're live now we're out and about in the world it's pretty cool so thanks for listening there's going to be a couple editing things. There's going to be some th- sound things because your boy Grimes is a, a newbie with GarageBand, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working hard and I know it sounds like I'm yelling sometimes. I promise I'm not.
0: This is, we're on episode six, so we have had so, uh, some little sound issues. But it's good. Leading up, but this is easily the best we've sounded. Yeah, we we'll get better every week. That's a positive step. So we are making steps. Grimes has a new mic, he's got a new setup and uh yeah so i'm happy Great with set. how it's going and uh again modern-final.com to find the episodes or you can find us on itunes twitter whatever but most places it's going to be pilot study pod
1: just google at underscore grimes john twitter
0: right so again listening. my name is chris that was grimes and again thank you guys for listening and are juggling for power neither seeks peace they denied in public but both men think the petition of the Americas was a mistake. They've dropped a bomb before, and they won't hesitate to drop it again. Then there will be
1: war. Once the fewer dies,
0: without question. And this city would be one of the first ones to My air? the map. Yeah, you got air going right now?
1: Uh, no, that was an airplane <laughs> taking off over my
0: <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs>